This is Wednesday, April 20th, and this week we've been learning about the disciples of Jesus as a way to think about how God calls each of us, and how each of us are called to live on mission. Now today we find the surprise of the women that were followers of Jesus. They were not apostles, but they were certainly disciples. A disciple is one that learned the way of Jesus and was with Jesus. And the Gospels present us with a message we hear from not a single corner of Judaism. Jesus gathered women to follow him as well as men. No other rabbis would have done this. Sadly, women were often marginalized or completely forgotten by Jewish teachers. Ben Serach, a prominent rabbi of the period, lists no, lists no women among the heroes of the Jewish people. Furthermore, he goes on to say, quote, Do not sit with a woman, for moths come out of clothes, and a woman's spite out of a woman. A man's spite is preferable to a woman's kindness. Women give rise to shame and reproach. I wish I was making this up. But this was the view of many during the day of Jesus. It's wonderful. We find just the opposite in Jesus. We see an honoring of women. Jesus purposefully crafted his teaching to include women. He made a point of ministering to women as well as men. And again, that just didn't happen those days. Here's our text for today. Luke chapter 8, verse 1 to 3. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom, whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Cusa, the manager of Herod's household. Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. Now, all other rabbis traveled with bands of men if they traveled at all, but Jesus has women in his company as well. Now, this presented some huge cultural difficulties. Each evening, the women would not be allowed to stay where the men were, but had to seek out relatives nearby that they could, where they could spend the night. This was all to maintain propriety. But though there were difficulties like this, the women were invited along and they became crucial to the ministry and mission of Jesus. We hear that some women had brought needed financial support to the ministry. Resources would be joined, required to buy food and, and other items Jesus and his disciples would need. Where would that money come from to support Jesus and his small vulnerable movement? These women gave from their own means. Joanna, as mentioned here, had a well-positioned husband and ample resources to help, for example. But the presence of the women was as more than supporters. Some other women also accompanied Jesus, too. They went where he went. You see, this is the thrust of the Gospels. From the start, God sends his angel Gabriel to visit Mary, a young woman, that is pledged to be married. God doesn't force his plan upon her. Instead, he asks for her consent to become the mother of the Messiah. This is all prophetic of the way Jesus will come. 
he recruits and invites women to follow him. And when one of the respected rabbis of his day speaks disparagingly of women, he ministers to them and includes them. The details of Luke chapter 8 reveal the word world Jesus had come to bring. If we turn the page in the Gospel of Luke, we find this scene. Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on the way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, You're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, and or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Yes, in this scene, there's no mention of the men at all except the disciples traveling with Jesus. Lazarus, the brother of Martha and Mary, is likely at the house, but his name never comes up either. Instead, we have the model disciple in the story of a woman, Mary. She is seated at Jesus' feet. He's teaching her. Now, to include this in the account of Jesus would have been shocking to the people then. Likely the other disciples are there as well, yes. But as Martha said, the women should be in the kitchen preparing the meal, not sitting where the men would be. But Jesus shatters the traditions of his own people at this point. What he's trying to show them is that first they share equally in the inheritance they have in him. Men and women are co-heirs in Christ. Furthermore, women have a calling to learn the way of Jesus and also to follow and serve him. Jesus never excludes them, but instead makes room for them. Now, this past week, we heard about the resurrection of Jesus. The women hold a prominent place in the resurrection accounts. Early in the morning, they're the ones heading to the tomb, seeking the body of Jesus. They are the ones that prepare what is needed to preserve Jesus' body. Mary Magdalene is among the first to see Jesus alive and recognize him. She becomes a primary witness to the resurrection. Now, in her world, her testimony wouldn't matter but it mattered to Jesus. For women today, there's always the reminder that you are called to be disciples of Jesus and that God has a place for you in the work that he's doing in the world. You see, there are no second-class citizens in the kingdom of God. They're only those redeemed by grace and invited to the feast. This is true equally for men and women. Let's pray. Faithful Father, encourage the women in our church with your love. Call them to serve in the church and in the city that the world might know the beauty of Jesus and his kingdom. For in his name we pray, amen.